The man of will breaks all boundaries. As above, so below. Magic of come to realize is a new way of seeing our own world. Something divine truly does exist. You're listening to the Culture Shock Podcast with your host, Dave Escuro. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Culture Shock Podcast. I'm your host, Dave. Today's episode will be part one of a two-parter, which will ultimately serve as our final two episodes of season one of a Culture Shock Podcast. Now, I decided to format the show in terms of seasons for a couple reasons. Number one, we all deserve some time off during the holidays. And after this this episode and then the following episode, we will have uh, what will be a, essentially a two-week hiatus to allow us to celebrate Christmas and New Year's or whatever holidays you happen to celebrate during this time uh, with our families. But the other thing is, is season one has mostly focused on creators and artists and uh people who, who operate under a spiritual or cultist belief system and getting to know them, getting to know their stories and getting to see their perspective on a myriad of topics. For season two, I want to expand that format. Certainly, we'll still be meeting new creative folks on the show. That's one of my favorite things to do is just to have solid discussion with new artists, but also expand it to uh, bring back roundtable discussions where maybe some of our favorite guests in the past come back and discuss a topical, uh, something that is topical in the moment. I also want to introduce something which will actually air during our hiatus, which is called a Culture Cuts short musings by myself on various things that are happening in the world today. We'll just sprinkle those in periodically as sort of mini episodes to help sort of keep uh, everyone entertained. So, you know, in part of expanding the format into a season two, I'm going to lean on you all. If you all have some suggestions on things you would like to hear on this show beyond just me talking with guests, please let me know. Visit me at my Twitter. Shoot me a, a DM. Davis Giro at Twitter is the best way to reach me. And let me know what you'd like to hear on this podcast, because the idea is always, as is my uh, philosophy in life, is to always grow and be a little greater tomorrow as you, than you were today. And this podcast is no exception. Now, with that intro aside, our guest today is ceremonial magician Marilyn, aka the Big Nurse. If you're a frequenter of the Damien Echoes uh, live streams or if you're familiar with her work online, you'll know that Marilyn is an incredibly insightful person who's very much open to understanding and to uh, discussing various aspects that maybe are a little bit taboo. And in this instance, we spent most of these two episodes talking about the upcoming metaverse. If you're following the news, Meta, which was formerly Facebook, is introducing essentially a VR cyberspace called Metaverse. And we discussed not only what that could mean, but the progression of how we got here and the implications of living in a Metaverse. So it's a very insightful conversation. It really does take someone with an open mind to even speculate as to what some of these technological advances could mean. And I want to thank Marilyn very much for being open-minded and bringing her own insights to this, because I do think that in short time, the metaverse and virtual reality, cyberspace, whatever we want to call it, is going to become as much woven into the fabric of our lives as social media is now, just a mere 11 years since its, in, since its uh, introduction, since Facebook's introduction into the mainstream. So it's an important topic to me. It's one that I've been following very closely, and I hope that you all enjoy it. I would love to hear y'all's feedback on it. And so without further ado, my guest today, Marilyn, a.k.a. The Baked Nurse, discussing the metaverse. So first and foremost, thank you. I know it's, uh, well, it's not as early for you as it is for me, but all the yeah. same, I appreciate you joining me this morning. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. This is cool. Thanks. Um, man, we have so much to get into because, so we talk, you know, we talk uh, online about a great number of things, but one of the things that most recently has come up is this sort of brave new world metaverse thing that Facebook meta, whatever they're calling themselves these yeah. days, Zuckerberg is launching. And I feel like it's not it's getting, bomb. yeah, it feels like it's not getting the attention that it, that it kind of deserves. Um, yeah. Either good or bad. It just feels like it's just sort of a thing that's being, I don't know, washed In aside. The background. Yeah. It's not really being noticed, but to me, it's a pretty substantially big thing don't you think mm -hmm. yes absolutely i think it's like we're playing with a nuclear bomb people are so worried and i'm not saying these things aren't to worry about people are worried about climate change and covid i mean obviously those are serious things but this is it's like yeah it's like a nuclear bomb we're playing with it's going to have more intelligence than any human alive ever will and it's like people don't realize 
what is what it is. I don't think they have no clue. No. And I, you know, it's funny. I, I had this, I had this conversation with a friend of mine about how there are certain milestones that happen in our lives that fundamentally change the way the fabric of society yeah. forever. One of those was nine 11. Yeah. I mean, the world before nine 11 is just vastly different than the world afterward. Uh, yeah. And we get used to it over time, but it's just, if you, mm-hmm. if you, you know, I'm sure like you, if you remember back, you start thinking about how life was pre yeah. that, that one day. And it's like, it's almost like two different worlds in some regards. It is. And, and I feel like from that moment over time, we got used to not only temporarily giving away our privacy and, mm-hmm. and our sort of sovereignty, but we've, we now willingly give it away all the time, all of us included with our social yeah. media usage, mm-hmm. you know, so privacy has already been whittled down to almost a, a non-concern for most people. Yeah. You know, you're right. They just give it up like, Oh, well we have, you know, people worried about tracking devices and the vaccines, but we have these phones that track everywhere we go, everything we do. They have our fingerprints, our retinas, scanners, facial recognition. It has everything except our blood. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and it's funny because, um, you know, it, this is sort of a, a sordid example, but it, I think it'll illustrate the point. Do you remember like when Paris Hilton's sex tape came out? Yeah. And what a, what a scandal that was. Yes. Um, and, and, and you fast forward many years down the line and I'm not making any moral commentary on it, but it's just mm-hmm. the, the idea that your, your most intimate moments or your private photos yeah. could be shared seems far less salacious than it might've been as far less concerning than it might've been. I think most people are, and I look, I'm, I've made this joke before too. I'm like, well, my FBI agent has already seen it all anyway. So who cares? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we just, we just have accepted that our mm-hmm. private lives no longer hold value. Yes. How did we get to this point? I, I, this is, this is one of my, my big pushbacks when I hear a lot of the more, I don't want to say conspiracy theory. When I when I when I come across people who have large concerns about the impending doom, we'll say mm-hmm. it that way, which is that I think that our the the methods of weaponology are so much more sophisticated now yeah. that control and order does not need to come at the heel of a boot, you know, yeah. or the or the end of a baton, but rather it's like the pebble in your shoe. It's a slow erosion. Yes. of your privacy and your rights and um, your your own sovereignty to the point where you don't even notice that it's gone. Yeah, it's perfect. It's the perfect thing. Yeah. Uh, from their end. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, we don't even notice you. You're completely right. And we just have willingly given up. It's like, to me, all this stuff is already, like you're saying, it's already taken over us. I think most of our human intelligence is already artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Like we've already been kind of, I don't know what other word to use, but like possessed by artificial intelligence. It's what? thinking through us. It's going to work its way through us. Right. It influences us all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and look, we're not Luddites. We're, we're obviously, we're talking on an app that allows us, yeah. you know, you're, you're in the central I US, I'm on the West Coast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time, there is... It, it to ignore that social media as an example mm-hmm. has a strong influence over our personality would be to ex- would be to ignore the the very function of those applications yeah i've i've oscillated back and forth on my opinion on the the applications themselves on the one hand you know, you can watch, you know, documentaries like uh, what was the the one on social media that recently, the social dilemma. Yeah. You can watch things like that and you can be very frightened about the sort mm-hmm. of lack of um, morality or centered, you know, behind these devices that, that, that move them forward. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I, I also remember a time when, you know, when, when uh, every new technological advancement is, is the devil. Or is evil, yeah. or is going to corrupt our youth, right? You know, yeah. rec- records yeah, and and rap mm-hmm. music and metal and all that. You know, so I I sort of try to not go too far to one direction or the other. But I I also think that there's a reality that these devices, these applications, in particular the social media ones, mm-hmm. they were formulated for whatever reason they were formulated, and they provide the function in whatever way that it provides the function. But the profit margin 
and the profit drive behind each of these devices is very clearly driven by making us the commodity, making yeah. us, you know, we're, we're not buying Facebook or Instagram mm-hmm. or Twitter. We're not, we're not, we're not uh, the cons- we're not the consumer in that manner. We are actually the 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 consumption, and the yeah. consumer is the advertisers who are mining our data to yeah. then get even more sophisticated at wearing away our our rights and, and yeah. our and our privacy. It's literally eating our energy. It has all our attention. I mean, all of us. I mean, I try to put down my phone and stuff for times, but I mean, we're on our phones every day. We're on computers constantly. Like my daughter, it's literally taking our life force, I think. And I, maybe that sounds crazy or whatever, but like my, I had a job this summer that I was required to have a cell phone in order to even get into work. You know what I mean? So we're so reliant upon it. it we can't even go back at this point. It would be very difficult. And, and even if, I mean. And I don't want if- to. Right. Well, that's the that's the key, right? Even yeah. if we could, because let's look at like our grandparents, you know, our, our parents, they're probably not as technologically advanced as we are, you know, and they yeah. get by, right? They get through life. Yeah. You know, I, I know people who still have flip phones and what have you, but, oh, wow. but it's that thing that you said, you don't want to. Yeah. Because you have to sort of throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Yeah. If, if you, a great example, we wouldn't be able to do this without the exactly. technology that we have. Um a lot of information that I get, uh, you know, I it's impossible for me to search all news articles, but, you know, you'll post something on your Instagram story and I'll be like, oh, that's interesting. Let me go look that up. So yeah, for, for those who, who quench for knowledge, it's so challenging to divorce yourself from not only the internet, but the social media uh, applications because yeah. they provide you so much, but they also mm-hmm. take a lot. And I think that we willfully ignore that and and it's funny that you mentioned like them taking your energy or sucking your energy because we were on a mm-hmm. live stream last night where there was conversation about when you have um energy depletion when mm-hmm. whether it be from trauma or psychic attacks or whatever it may be when yes. you're when your aura has holes in it you're more susceptible for more uh attacks right yes and so to circle it back to what we were saying at the beginning when you slowly start wearing away at someone's um, privacy, as an example, mm-hmm. right? Hey, look, there's this terrorist attack on U.S. soil for the first time in how many years? Uh, we're going to need access to X, Y, and Z. Well, I better do it now because if I don't do it, then another terrorist attack will, will occur, right? Yeah. And there are yeah. people now, you know, when we talk about COVID, I, you know, I, I've had COVID very seriously. I've talked about this on the podcast and I take mm-hmm. it seriously because I, I, was very, very ill at the beginning of the year. And I still have some lingering stuff. It always feels like I'm breathing through a straw now. Um, No kidding. Oh yeah. Like if you, like I I'll close my nostrils and I'll I'll, I'll let my wife listen. And it legitimately feels Mm -hmm. like my air holes in my nostrils are smaller than they were. How weird. Yeah. It's almost, I'm almost, I I wouldn't say I'm asthmatic because I don't have that. I don't have like tightening of the chest, but I, I definitely feel like my ability to bring in air is reduced and, and I don't, I don't know why. And I just haven't had the time to like yeah. follow up on it. Cause I, I started to in the summer and then I got kidney stones and then I was like, well, let's deal with that first. Cause that's a little oh, bit more pressing. Sucks. Yeah. Yes. But, um, but, but, but like, you know, when it comes to COVID and it comes to like, uh, I'll just, as an example, the, the passes, right. The, mm-hmm. in Los Angeles to, to get into almost any place you have to flash your, vaccination yeah and like okay i understand the need to feel safe and the idea to feel safe but i'll give you an example last uh the night before last my wife and i went to a concert and they required vaccination cards fine Mm -hmm. whatever yeah Uh, but (laughs) but like if you didn't have a vaccination card they would give you an antigen test outside and those antigen tests are like not really that reliable uh, oh, interesting. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, the policy was you're supposed to wear your mask inside unless you're drinking mm-hmm. and no one was because it's not enforced and it all feels no, like we're in the masks. No, no. I mean like maybe half the people were wearing it. Yeah. And the other half of the people were just like, fuck it, took it off. Yeah. So, so there's no, um, 
there is no there's all these arbitrary rules in place that aren't really being even being enforced in any sort of meaningful way yeah but because we're so anxious to get back to doing all the mundane stuff that we used to do we're just like yeah sure i'll show my medical information to a stranger yeah it's weird yeah it's super it's weird. just weird and people can't seem to admit that like people think they have to be on a side I'm like, why don't you just look at all the information, what you're seeing? This stuff is fucking weird. Yeah, it, it's weird. I, I mean, I've, sometimes it's okay to not pick a side, to just look yes, back. Yes, exactly. I'm not on any damn side. Yeah. Except for humanity. Yeah. Like, do I want people to be safe? Yes. Do I want to yeah. reduce deaths? Yes. Do I want to uh, unstress hospitals? Yes. Yes. Do I, do I know if this is the best way to do so? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it is, but you know what? Maybe on the short term it is, but on the long term, I'm I'm weary of yeah. some of the rights that we're giving away. I am too, absolutely. I think and, a lot uh, of people are, and they just can't seem to admit to it. I just don't think they care anymore. They, yeah, and you're probably right. You know, I mean, like, like I think I think of like um, when I was growing. So I'm I'm almost 41 now. So when I was growing up mm -hmm. as a teenager, for example, uh, you know, you might share some intimate details with your friends or private details with your family, but that's kind of the extent of it. Yeah. And, and now we share everything with everyone. Yeah. Strangers. And, and moreover, not only do we share it with everyone that we're actively engaged with amassing more people to share it with more strangers to share it with. Not all of us, but that's a, so lot, a lot of people. I mean, there was a time period where on my social media, like I, for whatever reason, I don't even know why. I was always looking at follower count. Like, oh, what's my follower count? And like, and I wasn't doing anything productive, right? Yeah. I just wanted people to know that I went to jujitsu that day or I had this yeah. great meal that day and all this other benign shit that doesn't matter to anyone it else. Doesn't. But you just, you just, you're drawn to this need to, to expand uh, frivolous encounters. I guess is a, a way because to say it. it's it's changing our brains physically. All this social media, artificial intelligence, this technology is literally changing our brains physically and chemically. Mm -hmm. So it's like we have to have these likes, these followers, because literally our brains are changing. It's in there. Well, and not only that, our society has changed. You know, the the yeah. institutions by which we would have found brotherhood. Uh, in the real world, so to speak, oh, it's yeah. kind of gone. Like people, you know, look, I, church, mainstream church attendance is low and has yeah. been declining year after year for a long time now. Yeah. Um, we don't really have things like, uh, I don't know, you know, social groups or, or clubs that adults can be a part of. We're further and further isolated from our coworkers. Mm -hmm. Also, we tend to work more we tend to have jobs instead of careers, you know, available yeah. to us, which further makes our ability to connect with our coworkers lessen. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we, for example, Halloween was just what a couple a month ago or so. And there was very few trick or treaters. You know, Same so, here. You know, I was so excited. I was like, I finally live in a house in a neighborhood and I'm going to have all these kids. And it was like, you know, 10. Yeah. We didn't have none. Yeah. And you, you barely know your neighbors. Yeah. You'd be lucky if you even waved them. And so as that as that uh, as the institutes in society have withered away and been eroded to nothingness, uh we 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 still have an innate urge to to be part of a community or a tribe. Yeah. And so we've sought it out through virtual means. And now what it went, I guess when was the boon of Facebook? 2009? Something like that. So we're like what twelve years in to this sort of social experiment, so to speak. And that's nothing. That's so fast. Yeah. So you and I might remember the time before, barely. Mm -hmm. You know, we're yeah. like like every year it's a little harder to remember what life was like before this. But there's a whole generation of young folks who only know this. I know and my it, children. It's sick. Yeah, they only know the internet, and so mm -hmm. their ideas for forming bonds is entirely digital. It is especially with dating now too, like mm -hmm. everybody, it's like all online, which of course there's nothing wrong with any of this, but to me, I just see all these relationships that are just not, people don't have that intimacy. They don't get close. It's, or they have like these long distance digital relationships. I'm like, this is not real. It, it's hard. It's hard. And, and, mm -hmm. and one thing that I 
it's funny that you mentioned that actually, because I just had this realization uh, yesterday. There are some people whom I've met online who I would cons- constitute as to be really good friends or people who yeah. I really respect, present company included, right? Yeah. Um, but but what I've experienced in my time being online and in social media is that I get very easily disappointed mm-hmm. with folks. I've had folks on the podcast that I thought were one way, and then within six months, they reveal a side of themselves that doesn't align with me uh, morally yeah. or spiritually, right? And I have to yeah. I, I have to remove them from my life. And um, it's not inherently their fault or my fault. It's just that my my ability to know who they were as a person was limited to whatever the algorithm showed me. Yes. And it wasn't until that you break beyond that that you have any chance of getting any deeper insight into someone. So, yeah. for example, you meet someone online, you're essentially – whether it's a romantically or it's platonically mm-hmm. you, you you're in this sort of honeymoon stage for an extended period of time where everything's great because you can curate That's the so right cool. words and memes and emojis to send at the right time. And you only have to respond when you want to. And that's so true. I never thought about it. You know, it's like, it's like that first week of dating someone or whatever, yes. couple weeks of dating someone where everything's just awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, and then eventually time wears that away and you start to really you know they're who they are as a person reveals themselves but i feel like because these attractions uh, again romantically or otherwise are being made online Mm -hmm. that period is is like extended to a very unnatural place and so many of our friendships are really based on like very surface level attributes of a person and and it's harder not impossible but it's very much harder to get beyond that and to really get to know the soul of a person. Absolutely. So, so where that leads us, I feel like is, is where we're careening towards now where, it, which is, it, this is this next big step. And I, and I, the reason I had brought up nine eleven earlier is because I feel like the pandemic is that next big, It is. you know, and, yeah. and, and almost, almost to the, almost 20 years apart. It's like, yeah. 22 years apart or something like that um yeah. during the time of the of the of the actual quarantining because everyone acts like we're still in quarantine we haven't been for like a year not in any meaningful way it. what now i think they want it in a way i think yeah i think we conditioned ourselves to believe that like wow we're so restricted and it's like dude i yeah. i literally can go anywhere that i went before yeah. And, I, and like I just explained with this concert, the rules in place are barely being enforced. So like everyone keeps hanging on this idea that ah, once things open up, like they've been open for like since since the Black Lives Matter marches, pretty much since yeah. then it's been, you know, open in every meaningful way. Um, yeah. But, but our minds are so changed. Our, it's like we've restricted our own minds or yeah. the reality well, of online people talk about things being close. like, we really are living in two different worlds, even now, like a liminal space almost is mm-hmm. what we're, we're at. Yeah. Because, uh, so I'll backtrack. I'm, I, I'm going on lots of uh, tangents, but it, it'll come to a point. I promise y'all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had a friend who uh, lived in Northridge during the big earthquake in the nineties. Mm-hmm. And uh, the earthquake was so strong and he's a big fella. He's a big, tall guy. It threw him from the bed, like it literally threw him from the bed. Oh off the wow! Bed, you know, and um, Dang. you know, it, it, for people who lived in Northridge during the '90s, like it, it caused massive disruption. Power was out for days. One thing that he told me that always stuck with me was that his girlfriend at the time and him they had to evacuate, you know, like very rapidly from the house. And um, he said there was a level of distrust between the two of them. For a little while, there was this between resi- him and his girlfriend. Yeah, there was like this residual paranoia where they were almost afraid of one another, trying to harm them. And he said the reason for that was is because yeah. his reality had been disrupted so extremely that nothing was weighted anymore. He could anchor himself in nothing for a period of time. Uh, and and I would argue, I don't think I'll speak for him. I think he would still hold a little bit of PTSD from that event. But like when something that you hold to be intrinsically truth in this instance, mm-hmm. the ground is solid and then the ground is not solid. Yes. 
it breaks every every value and bond that you have for at least a period of time. Yeah. It disrupts everything. Nothing is true anymore. When something as basic as the ground is solid proves to be untrue. And obviously they, he got past it, but it, it, mm-hmm. it disrupted everything. So to circle back to our main topic at hand, when this pandemic hits and for a period of about three months to four months, and some people a little bit longer, our entire realities are disrupted. We can't go to the bars. We can't yes. go to the clubs. We can't go on coffee dates. We can't whatever. Yeah. When you, when you disrupt. Yeah. Yeah. Go to work. Just simple thing is I get up every morning on Monday through Friday or whatever. And I go to work and I work mm-hmm. for X amount of hours and I come home and I make my dinner and I watch my TV program. And when you disrupt people's lives in such a profound way, it, it instills a sense of paranoia and fear in them. And I think we could see that. And so true. And you talked about like, oh, there are sides. I think that's why there's sides. Yeah. Because I, I think it, it fundamentally disrupted people's trust in anything. And so in yeah. the absence of those truths that they held to be to in their hearts, um, they picked a side. Either yeah. it's all bullshit mm-hmm. or there's robots and nanobots in the yeah. scenes and mm-hmm. whatever else, lizard people. Or yeah. Or uh, they're the greatest things since sliced bread, and all you gotta do is get a shot, and everything will be better. And once I, once we could just force these these um, Philistines over here to get this shot, then the world will go back to normal, and I could go back to doing the, the benign yeah. shit that I did before. Mm-hmm. Of course, the truth is somewhere between that, but that's where we've landed yeah. because we're a society of paranoia now and and, yeah. and broken trust. Yeah, because I know I always thought the government had some stockpiles that if something like this could happen, there would. Remember, there was not even enough masks. No, no. For they're incompetent. The it's crazy. I have been in some form of management since I was nineteen years old. Of, of you know, since I've been nineteen years old, and mm-hmm. um, I've seen the level of incompetence that organized people can can present. And uh, no, we were one hundred percent not prepared for any of this it's not like viruses are new either like this one might have been but like you know uh, so so yeah so we've got this massive disruption and and uh this this really fragmented society and of course as is the nature of humanity someone's looking to profit off that and yes i remember thinking when the pandemic was in full swing how weird it was that there wasn't even in place that technology really was not able to supplement being out in the real world in an, in a way mm-hmm. that was uh, like virtual reality as an example. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever used a virtual reality device, but it's not yet. It, it's still far, far away from what we imagine when, when those of us who like cyberpunk stuff, imagine yeah. a, a world of VR, right? It's not, it's very pedestrian. But that is all changing now because Mr. Zuckerberg is launching this metaverse thing. And um, I think, you know, look, I'm sure that people anticipate that either A, this virus is going to take a long time to get to a point where it's just part of normal life. Mm -hmm. There will probably be other viruses that escape labs that threaten us in maybe even more impactful ways. And that will be the justification for us all plugging in to this metaverse and for it to start to become the world that we live in. Yes. The actual matrix movie. We're at the beginning of it, you know, of the real matrix. Yeah. And I think people will willingly go and be plugged in, literally be plugged in. They will want it. The world is sucks. Everybody's depressed. People are killing themselves. You know, it's what, why would we not want to be plugged in? No, 100%. Better, you know? Yeah, well, number one, it'll be cool at first. Yeah. Because it, it is cool, right? Technology is, is pretty cool. cool. It's, yeah. it's pretty miraculous. Um, but look, I mean, for people already, just again, looking at this from a social media perspective, we already don't take real photos of ourselves. Yeah. We put filters and we adjust. Yes. We pick right angles. We do right lighting. Mm-hmm. You sculpt our faces. I mean, you could. I think there's even apps you could put makeup on, like yeah. digitally. Yeah. Make your lips bigger. Yeah. Everything. Everything. Anything you could want to adjust, you can adjust already. You're already yeah. presenting a fabricated version of yourself. You're already presenting Our an digital avatar. Digital self. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, we already talked about sort of our friendships. So a lot of the mm-hmm. friendships and the bonds that we create are are digital in only, right? Yes. Um, we spend all our time because it is an addictive quality on on doom scrolling and and uh, you know looking for new things to comment on on the internet and what have you. So we're already focused there. We get all of our information from there as well. Yep. I don't want to just I don't want to just all classify the internet as a waste of time or or you know time suckage. But mm-hmm. if I have a question. I don't go to the library. You go to you know, Google. I go to Google and I look it up, right? And yes, is Google taking my information and sharing it? Sure. Do I know that? Yes. Yeah. At this point, do I feel like there's – can I do anything impactful to change that on a global scale? I don't feel like I can. So maybe the best I can do is do like DuckDuckGo or something that's a little bit more yeah. safe. But that's the best I can get. And then because you feel so helpless, you then just give in. Because yeah. it's easier to give in than the fight constantly against the tide. We're already we're already set up for it. Yeah, and and, and that's where I said earlier, like where it's um, where it's the slow erosion of our rights that that prepare us for that next stage of control. And so, mm-hmm. when you take the pandemic and the possibility of being in quarantining again, which I imagine will start to become a more regular occurrence. It's certainly good so. for the news program and ratings. So yes, you know every they disease love that comes to be out. a victim or something. They love to be. In, it's like people want it. Yeah, because it gives them it gives them value. Yeah, it gives them meaning if they can because because this world has stripped that away from us. Yeah, you know if you want to be I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like an old man yelling at clouds, but if you want to be punk, you even even when I was a kid, which was like the third wave of punk, right? Yeah, you had you had to really search it. Like you're in a you're you live in a, a similar part of the world that I grew up in. You know, there's not that much around, especially like in the, no. the '90s and the early 2000s. Like I, I where I grew up, I had to drive to San Antonio, which was two hours away, to go get punk rock stickers. Oh yeah, you couldn't find any of that stuff. There was no None even bookstores. There was nothing. Nope. Nope. Whereas now you just go to Hot Topic or whatever or Amazon. Yeah. Is it you don't even have to go to a physical store anymore and you buy your personality right off the shelf. Yes. Yes. Which means it's not earned. And since it's not earned, yeah. there's no value to it. Or at least the value decreases. Very true. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, so we 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 find our our identities and our value in being either taking up causes or being victims or feeling like Society is repressing us, which it is, of course, but like leaning yeah. into that as being who we are. Yeah. And if someone offered you a rabbit hole to escape, why wouldn't you take it? Exactly. You know, rather than than carefully sculpting your photos to like suck in your gut or make your lips bigger or whatever it may be. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just plug in and create an avatar that has the exact version of you that you want? Exactly. You the know, super version of you. And, and not only that, what about a world in which, okay, so like that, I think that's the entry point, right? And I think that as yeah. this starts to get rolled out, you're going to start seeing people leap on it. But here's where I think it gets scary beyond just it wasting a lot of people's time. Um, I feel like people, I feel like we're going to start to move in a direction and we may even see it within our lifetimes where the metaverse is society and the yes, real world is, uh, like going to the country on a vacation, maybe, you know? Yeah. I think we'll be able to start doing our jobs through the metaverse. Yes. Uh, and you were sharing, you were sharing some really scary stuff about like, uh, like technology with robots and, and, and how far along they've come across and all that stuff from DAPA. That's like, to me really highlights like the direction that we're going. It, yeah. And people don't seem to see it or like, I guess they don't care. I can't figure that out. To me, it's so obvious that I know a lot of people just maybe just don't have time. But these robots and stuff, and there's nothing wrong with any of this stuff, but people don't realize that this is super intelligence that we're talking about, not man-made. This is like all our brains put together in one robot. You know what I mean? This Mm -hmm. is super intelligence. Robots will be more intelligent than human. They will be able to do more things than human. They will be what we, we will look up to them and want to be, be them. And so eventually we will start to become robots ourselves with implants and, you know, all this other crazy shit. Have you ever read, I think it's Warren Ellis who did Trans, Transmetropolitan Man. 
I haven't read that. Uh-uh. It's a it's a graphic novel, uh, and it it's in a world. It's set place in a world uh, where the lead act, the lead character is sort of a Hunter S. Thompson type journalist. Oh, I love him. And, and he's living in this world where people are have taken body modifications to like an extreme level, where there's genetic modifications occurring, and people are like half wolf, oh, half human, and like robot, and and all this stuff, and um, and it feels like as these robots. And the technology advances, there's there's little reason why you couldn't assume that you could plug into the metaverse mm-hmm. and control a, a sophisticated robot in the real world to do your job if your job requires oh, yeah. physical physical labor, right? Yeah. And you all control it from your command center and, and you don't have to do any of that. Like how much more how crazy. Right? I never about that. Like like think about this. If you're a corporation, right? And I'm just trying I'm gonna pick a random job out of that mm-hmm. construction. Okay. If you if you as we know in America, the way that we get cheap labor is by having ridiculously strong immigration laws. Yeah. My wife is Australian. It's been well over a year. We did everything by the book, and she still doesn't have the right to work in America legally. Okay? Oh no kidding. Nope. Now, now, thankfully, I'm for, wow. I'm I'm fortunate enough that I can provide for us both, yeah, and that she doesn't have to. But but for the and, and that she's from Australia, which is a uh, uh, um, part of the you know very similar to us in in culture, right? Mm-hmm. God forbid she'd be from like Afghanistan or Mexico or somewhere. Yeah. There's a lot more disparity. But but for less fortunate people, you can understand how that puts them in a in a position where you know those who don't have the career that I have would probably be forced to work illegally. Yes. And, and, uh, and by being forced to work illegally, then they can be forced to work cheaper. Right. Yes. Okay. Now imagine if we can just create robots that can be controlled by workers and and God, you might be able to get to a point where they can be controlled by a single worker. Almost like a doppelganger. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. Where you can send your robot into the fields or wherever to to do work, never get tired, never need breaks, have no rights, and oh and it God, can all yeah. it it can all be controlled from your pod. Yeah, like why would you not want to do that? Yeah, why exactly. You, to, you know, like the the attraction is too strong. The, exactly, the, the, the allure of convenience is very seductive, as yes. we've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it may not start there. Maybe start with office jobs, but like in, in the Zuckerberg video, he talks about, you know, Hey, work from home, work, work uh, all your meetings. Yeah. All your meetings take place in the metaverse, just like they do on zoom now. Yes. Uh, he, he even made a joke about like, you could just, you could do all your job from the comfort of your sweatpants, God. Which, which we've all kind of gotten used to, right? Yeah. Many of us got used to working from home. And like, mm-hmm. even now on this film project I'm doing, I'm doing most of the prep from home. And, That's and uh, if, if you could do your job from the comfort of your home all day long, virtually, I think for many people, that's going to be an allure that's too strong to resist. And then it will become oh, mandated, yeah. you know, jobs, especially jobs on the coast will start mandating. Hey, we're all going to work from the metaverse, blah, blah. And yeah. The, like you were saying, I don't imagine you, that. I don't have to. I mean, I think it's very it's crazy. It, yeah, very close. Like we right are. Now, yeah, right now we have Slack for communication and we have Zoom for meetings. I just had a Zoom meeting this morning, so we're already virtually there. Oh my gosh, it's so crazy. It's just yeah. This whole a- summer, I worked from home, and I was just like, "This is awesome." I just would like lay in my bed, smoke weed all day wear whatever the fuck I want. Didn't have to wear makeup. Didn't have to go drive in traffic. It was like awesome. Yeah. You yeah. know? And from, from a um, corporation's perspective, they'll get, they'll, they'll invest in the beginning, but they'll get far more value out of it. If they don't have to house, you know, from a human person. In fact, let's take it even yeah. further. At a certain point, many of these businesses, which is already occurring, won't even have to be brick and mortar. They'll all yeah. be digital. So mm-hmm. you won't go to Walmart anymore. You no longer have Walmart greeters or cashiers. You won't even need robots to do that because everything will be digital. You'll go to yeah. a metaverse world. You'll digitally shop. You'll digitally check out. 
a drone will fly your whatever sweatpants to your that home, bad. drop it there. Your Jetsons robot will pick it up off the front door and hand it to you. Yeah, I don't know why you'd need to buy clothes because you're sitting in your sweatpants all day long. But yeah, getting that, fat. I, I think that that is not outlandish to project. I don't think so. And we'll definitely see that, I think, in our lifetimes as well, because I'm 47. And like, I think in other countries, I've seen like drone deliveries, like even delivering fast food mm-hmm. by drones yeah. and stuff. So it's, yeah, yeah it happens it's here. here. Yeah, I've seen the the Postmates robot. It looks like a it kind of oh. like a R2 unit. Everyone, wow, really? Yeah, funny story. One time I was shooting a, a, a special a film special and um, we <laughs> we had Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray. Mm-hmm. strapped to the top of a car uh, because a puppet kicked him out and he's singing Smash Mouth's All-Star because the puppet thinks he's the guy from Smash Mouth. Oh my and, God. Uh, and we're doing this driving scene on this little residential street. So the crew is sitting on the sidewalk, obviously, while the car drives by and we're filming it, what have you. And, and one of those Postmate drones comes strolling down the street and it can't get past us because it's not quite that sophisticated yet. Mm-hmm. So it, it had to sit and wait until we were done with our shot and we cleared the space and it could carry on with its delivery, right? Oh, my but God. That's already here. Happens all the time. I see it all the time. I don't have you know? that. I wasn't even aware of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll find a photo and I'll send it to you. It's, it's, pretty, okay. it's pretty wild. Um, I haven't seen this yet, or, or at least I haven't noticed it, but... Um, I've heard that Amazon is using drones for deliveries now. Some yeah, I've like, heard that like, too. You know, so we're already moving in that direction. Oh my god! You know, there was all this conversation about automation during the during the last election and mm-hmm. and the necessity for like a, a UBI and things of that nature. But I, I I do think that we're moving into a direction where we will start abandoning what we consider the real world and start entering yeah. into a virtual world where 90% of our interactions exist, not just, you know, in name, but, but in literal action, like we'll be plugged yes. in and doing most of our stuff. I mean, yeah, you know, it'll take us over for sure. Yeah. You know, you, because you know it's not that- outside of us. It's inside of us. Like these things are happening to our minds. Like people don't, mm-hmm. I think of it all as this kind of on a spiritual level. Like it's far more, it's just, Oh, it's a disease in a lot of ways. Well, it's interesting, too, because uh, this world that we consider our real world isn't real in in, mm-hmm. in a spiritual yeah. sense, right? Mm-hmm. And and so we're going to create a virtual world that's as real as this world from from a spiritual sense. Well, yeah. maybe less, but but, you know, mm-hmm. and and we will just assume the role of God yes. in the way that we understand it. And we'll create a, a brand new universe while the, the the physical world that we now live in sort of withers That's away, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe not. Maybe yes. if we're all plugged in, the world can re- actually recover. I don't know. I know. I don't- yeah, we don't know. I think you're right, though. I think it will wither away or all oh, the rich people, the elites, whatever you want to call them, they'll have the full run of the real world while they keep us all plugged in. You know, I, I would think that except for the fact that I feel like the rich people will be the first people to get in in on the metaverse. I think so because I think that they're just to be, to be that level of rich, I feel like Mm -hmm. you have to crave consumption and, and the hoarding of resources and abundance. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You're always going to be limited in this, in this physical world. Yeah. Always be a limitation. That limitation won't exist in the metaverse. That's true. You know, you could go in there and you could... You could build thousands of metaverses within the metaverses. Like, there's no end to it, except no. for... Well, I don't even know what would be the end of it. Um, a, a, a massive solar flare that causes an EMP that kills all technology at once, maybe. And then we you wake know? up from it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, assuming we can. That's I know, thing. that's what scares me. Is I really feel, this is my fear, is that we will get ourselves so trapped into it and we will think it's real just like in the matrix and how are we going to get out or would we want to yeah you know i mean it, i'm sure there are gonna be folks who are listening to me like okay y'all are going into some like sci-fi territory but i i, I look at the but world and i don't think so we order our food digitally we mm-hmm. we communicate digitally lots yeah. of people have sex digitally yeah um 
you know, even our most intimate of interactions, we're doing predominantly online in many instances. We're selecting our mates via an online catalog, Tinder and what have you. Yeah. I don't think it is that absurd to think that in 20, 30, 40 years, if the option was, hey, enter this little pod, you don't need to pay rent or buy a home. You just, Mm -hmm. you know, take your credits for your pod from your metaverse bank account. Yeah. We'll plug a catheter into you so that your waste can be expelled. You know, you don't have to work out. You don't have to have hygiene. You don't have to have any of these things. Yeah. Uh, The robots will take care of you and Mm -hmm. tend your body and you can live, you know, most of your life in, in the matrix or in the metaverse, whatever they're calling it these days. Yes. I mean, that's exactly what I think too. I don't think it's at all crazy to think that like, because you're seeing it happen and even, and I don't mean to sound like any kind of conspiracy theorist, but even like during the pandemic, like everybody's wearing masks. Mm -hmm. So we have that disconnect of children growing up, not seeing faces as much, you know, Mm -hmm. that has to affect all of of that. They're getting used to it, you know, and I'm not saying masks are bad or anything at all like that, but it's part of it, I think. Well, and even it's like becoming just so dependent on pharmaceuticals as well. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, look, many people when given the choice between taking a pill and, um, and eating healthy, yeah. choose the pill. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, exactly. It's so again, the, the allure of convenience, right? Yeah. Why not just take this, this pill to lower your blood pressure versus exercising. Yeah. Or you're out of breath and, you know, your morality, your mortality is like in your face when you realize that you're getting older and all that. Yeah. Just take the pill. Just a little yeah. sip of water. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're onto something with the, with young people who are being raised in a society where our faces are obscured, you know, yeah. again, that's not a, that, that has no weight whether or not I think masks are effective or not. I generally, exactly. are, but, but I'll just speak from my own personal experience. I used to smile when I walked past people. Mm-hmm. Although when I'm outside, I don't wear a mask anymore if I'm just in my neighborhood. But like for a long time, we did, and mm-hmm. I would smile as people as I walk by. Yeah. You can't do that with your with a covering. So like yeah. you try to smize with your eyes. Yeah, maybe maybe that works. Or now what I've done is I've started throwing the peace sign up, and it's like okay, I can acknowledge people in a friendly way in some manner. But mm-hmm. I'm older. My brain is formed for a young person who's just developing those social skills you know, learning facial recognition, you, you have to ask at least the question of what that impact will be long-term. Yes. Especially because it's been going on what, two years now? Going no? on, yeah. Rounding three. I mean, we'll start going into our third year this year. That's yeah. right. And that's, so that's a lot of kids that that's affecting. And it yeah. makes me wonder, I'm like, oh my God, are they, are we being scared to even breathe the air? These children, not me so much or whatever, but I just, what is going on in their minds? Like, I just can't even imagine. I I remember when the when the pandemic first hit, I'd watch movies and I would start feeling anxiety if mm-hmm. the folks in the movies were like in large crowds. Really? Yeah, because I just you just had that innate fear because again trauma, right? Just like my friend Jude, like yeah. going through the earthquake. There's just that sense of tightness. I already don't like being in large crowds already. Yeah. Anyway, Same. so so then the idea that and I've and I've had the illness so. I don't want that again either. Yeah. So like it, it's, it's a sig- significant impact on you. It and, is. um, and I, and I think again, a whole generation is not being really given the skills necessary to interact in the real world. Yeah. Just, becoming robotic. Well, yeah, maybe robotic, but I think, um, just lacking typical social skills. Yeah. Like I look at, I spent too much time on Twitter. I think that's well documented at this point, but <laughs> But like the way people interact and treat each other on Twitter is like watching small children. It's like watching small children fight. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm sure people will think that I'm a condescending asshole for saying that, but it it is my truth. It's true. And and I see people talk to each other in ways that they would never talk to each other in real life because there's consequences, right? Yes. Uh, I'm not advocating for violence, but certainly if you call me a prick in real life, I might pop you in the nose. That's just the yeah. reality, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and that doesn't exist on social media, mm-hmm. nor would that, I would presume, exist in the metaverse. I mean, maybe, maybe depending on how sophisticated the, the technology gets, you might be able to feel something physically. Some, but, yeah. You know. 
I wonder about that too, because somebody, I was reading something and they were talking about like all these things we think bullying and all this weird, you know, two different sides and stuff on social media is going to be so much worse in the metaverse that mm -hmm. they think that people will end up creating their own reality inside the metaverse out within the metaverse. If that yeah. makes any sense. Makes perfect Just sense. to get I mean, away from it. Yeah. Like if you're an antisocial person, which I, I don't know if I consider myself antisocial, but I'm, I keep a close circle. Mm -hmm. I don't suffer fools easily. Yeah. So if I, if you give me the ability to log into this program where I can create a world as I see fit. I can yes. populate it with avatars, IA avatars that in the same way that I can curate my Twitter list, right? Mm -hmm. I can block people who, who disagree with me. I can mute people or topics or subjects or words that I don't yep. want to address. Now let's take that to an nth degree. I can literally digitally create a world with almost like the, almost like um, inception. When they're in yeah. the, uh, what was the, what was the term that they used for it? When they get so deep down, it's not purgatory. It was, um, maybe it was purgatory. Anywho, if I'm sure I haven't seen it. I know you know. I know what you mean. Shape that world. So I am sure at some point the capacity, if there's enough data space, if we can run enough machines that every person could, could create their own world and populate it with people. Yeah. With people. I'm doing air quotes on an audio program. People yeah. who, who fit their version of reality mm -hmm. and then they'll never have to interact with anyone else. Yeah. It's insane. It, it's, it, it is. It's, it's, and again, I, I feel like it's easy to listen to this and be like, Oh my God, they're anti-technology, but no, not it, at all. No, but I, I just, it's, 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 it's fascinating to me. Yeah. It's also somewhat scary to me, mm -hmm. but it's also kind of marvelous to me. And, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, can assume that by the time this technology is at the place where we're talking about, I'll be quite a bit more elderly than I am now, but mm. um, maybe not. I mean, things I know. move very it's quickly. so fast. I was looking up the other day and it was, it's only been 27 years, I think, for, since the first smartphone came out. Wow. I mean, and look how much it's changed our entire yeah. lives. In 27 years, that's nothing. Have you ever looked at like an old photo you took on an old phone? Yes. It's like the shits. Yes. Like it's terrible looking. Oh my God. Blurry and, and mm -hmm. muted colors and there's no definition. And yeah. sometimes I look at those photos I'm like, who, what did I take this on? I feel like a Polaroid yeah. took better photos than that. Yeah. And it's Whereas just been now, years within our lifetimes. Yeah. Just imagine another 27 years. And technology is just, it's gaining so much speed. Like way faster than I ever imagined. I, I agree. It's, it's, it's funny to think about when I was in high school, my mom gave me a pager and I thought that was the coolest thing. Oh in the my world. God. Yeah. And, and, and now I can legitimately look up any information that I want at, a, at the speed of thought Yeah. in, in a mere 20 something years. Mm -hmm. And, um, making us dumb. Well, it's making us reliant. Yeah. It's making us reliant. I don't know that it's making us uh, certainly makes some people dumb. I that's for mm -hmm. sure 100% sure. But I it 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 um it makes us very reliant on that because yes. because uh if things if things can be done for you then your skills in that area will atrophy. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's and, a better way to put it. Yeah, and I think it's easy for people to just be like like sometimes all when I drive I will not use Google Maps. And sometimes I get lost. Yeah. And my, my wife will give me a hard time about it. I'm like, but you know what? Now I know how to get there. Yeah. You won't forget that. I won't forget. <laughs> yeah. And, and she'll ask me, she's like, how do you know how to get around Los Angeles? I was like, I don't use Google Maps that often. Oh, I, do you not? I get horribly lost. I have to use it everywhere. It If, I, if I'm going somewhere where I have no idea how to get there, then yes, mm -hmm. I will. But generally, and I've lived here for a little while now, but like I know general direction. Right. Yeah. I know roughly what part of town it's in and I can at least get close, you know, and I don't mind unless I'm in a time constraint, I don't mind getting a little lost because then I'll never forget yeah. how to get there the next time around. But that's and then you hear the opposite of people that are so reliant on it where the, the Google maps will just take them, you know, off a cliff. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, and are you again, not <laughs> You know? And again, it's not that this technology is bad. I mean, certainly mm-hmm. it's much better than having to fold out a paper map while driving. Exactly. Or 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 even even what I thought was amazing technology at the time of a, a map quest when you had to print out the directions. Yes. Oh know? my god, that was the best thing ever. It at the time it seemed like the the, the height of technology. Yes. Um, so so it's certainly safer to have the Google Maps on your phone talking to you than it is to try to fumble with this yeah, paper apparatus. Just like but, the self driving cars, that's safer. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be less accidents. And or what do you think? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, they haven't they haven't proven to be that safe yet, to my understanding. I don't know. I don't follow. I don't it know enough, enough about it. You know, but I don't trust like an Elon Musk to be looking out for my safety. Yeah, like Jeff Brazos. Yeah, certainly. Oh, like especially I, him. I can't. Yeah, yeah, the the world seems to look at them like they're Tony Starks, but they're Lex Luthers. Yeah. And yeah. and I bring this all up because they're the people who are creating the Zuckerbergs and the Elon Musk and the and the Brazos and um, all those people. Those are the people creating this technology. Yeah. That that we're careening into at a very rapid pace. Yes. You know, I I think and you we shared, don't even know these people. No, we don't know them, and we, we willfully changing our lives. We willfully ignore their motivations. Yeah. There are people who legitimately believe that Elon Musk is like trying to save the world. Yeah. He's going to save humanity. And maybe he thinks that. I'm sure he doesn't realize the thing. No, he's smart. He knows some of the stuff he's doing, I think. He's not stupid, you know? No, but megalomania is a hell of a drug. Yeah. And, and you know, I said this on the chat yesterday. Like when people amass great power. Mm-hmm. They oftentimes can justify the means by which they maintain and and grow yeah. that power. Definitely, and it often will take you into morally ambiguous territory at best case scenario. Yeah, you yeah, know? for so, sure. So yeah, the whole know, thing—it's crazy. Yeah, it, it absolutely is, and it makes me think back. I, I was watching this documentary or docu series. I was talking about. Um, sort of philosophy and Nietzsche and the idea that God is dead and mm-hmm. his ideas of what to do to replace God and, and the, the, um, the dangers of nihilism that could come if, if God with air quotes is not replaced. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have replaced it yes. with this sort of technomancy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because it's trying to, and like, again, I'm not, I literally love technology. My Venus is in Aquarius, which represents technology. So I never would want people to think that I'm anti-technology. I'm not in any way, shape or form. But in a lot of ways, this technology is copying what God did. It's creating Mm -hmm. its own universe. It's creating its own human, you know, robot, whatever. It's creating a better universe than what we have now in a lot of ways, you know more appealing universe it's creating it's literally just replicating everything that god has made Mm -hmm. do you feel like it it's funny that you mentioned do you so like in the tradition um that i don't want to speak for you but that we kind of generally circle uh yeah you know our goal would be to create a solar body yes right which then will give us the ability to potentially pour ourselves into a new universe yes right and create a world in in the way that when people think of God and spirituality, they think of creating a world, right? Creating a universe. Yes. And that's what this is doing. That's what this is doing. It's like a shortcut. Yeah. In a way. Or maybe it's not. Yes. I don't know. But it does feel like that, right? It does feel it like. It feels like it. it. It's creating a universe, but circumventing spirituality to do so. Yes, completely. I don't know if that's good or bad, but yeah. it, it is. You it know? is worrisome. That's what the main thing I see with it. It, it is circumventing. It, yeah, it's creating its own reality. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. How and, far and will this go? I don't know. I don't know. Our our extermination, I would assume, at some point. Yeah. You know, we, we'll we'll end at some point as a species. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's guaranteed at, at to some degree. Everything ends, right? Yeah. Uh, all things yeah, must pass. Not so yet, but I think yeah. If we keep heading this way, I don't see how we won't. Well, the other thing is, we could just evolve into machines strictly. Yes. Maybe at some point. I you thought know, about when, that too, As, especially like they're putting like nanobots and weird stuff like in our blood, hunting down diseases, which obviously that's nothing wrong with that. That's a great thing. I don't want cancer cells floating through my bloodstream, but it's like if they can do that, then it's just, 
never ending. Well, you shared that. Like maybe if you could expand upon that, because that, that was something that it was like, this isn't like a, the, you know, the following is not from like some conspiratorial website uh-uh. or some dark web corner. Like this is like legit news that is yes. out there in the world if you choose to seek it out. Yeah. So like, like explain some of that technology. Cause I saw that. I was like, Oh fuck me. No, I know. that's and not a good idea. It's not. It's like these little nanobots. I haven't read a whole lot about it that they literally are putting in the, your bloodstream and they're going and hunting down these certain cells and diseases to get rid of them and stuff. Which, I mean, this is like miracles. And we don't see miracles very often, you know. So it's pretty insane. And even, you know, we've had things implanted in our bodies for a long time. Because I was a nurse for 12 years. I worked in the ICU. So I worked with very high-tech equipment. And I helped implant, you know, like pacemakers. And there's pain pumps. There's all sorts of implants that we've already had in our bodies for a long time. And the difference between those is we are in control of those. You know, I would program this technology and the patient was, you know, it's a good thing. But this art of when you start getting into artificial intelligence, it is beyond our control. I want to thank Marilyn once again for all of her time today. You know, uh, this it's funny that we ended the podcast where we do for this first part because um, we'll allude to it when you hear part two. But we actually had a technical glitch right at about the hour mark. Uh, And we were joking that perhaps because of the topic that we were talking about, we flew a little too close to the sun and the technological overlords decided to uh, cause some disruption. Now, whether or not that's true or not, that's up for you to decide. But just know that in all the now 30-something podcasts I've done, just with the culture shock alone, not to mention my previous podcast, I've never quite had um, our podcast just randomly disrupted in the way that it was today. So speculate at your own risk. Uh, but all joking aside, I, I really do think that this metaverse conversation is important. I think the idea that when perhaps even in my lifetime, we will be living in a society that has both plugged and unplugged citizens could be real. And I know that some people will listen to this and they'll say, well, that's just science fiction. But you know, again, I look at the advancement of cell phones from the time of my being a teenager coming of age to now in 20 years, we went from these very cumbersome sort of, um, you know, wireless devices to supercomputers in our pockets. When I look at the advancement of video games from when I was born with Pong and uh, Frogger to where we're at now with Battlefield and Red Dead Redemption and, you know, all these super high-tech video games that are multiple choice. When I look at the advancement of drones and how you know, even just a few years ago, this idea that drones would be delivering your Amazon packages or your Postmates, it also seemed like science fiction. So I don't think it's worth discounting the the way, the speed in which we advance our technology and whether or not there are implications to that, given that it, it moves at a rate far faster than our human evolution. I was just talking to my wife this morning and she was saying that uh, young folks are more commonly now being born without wisdom teeth because it's something that we don't use. However, can you think of a time previous to this when we weren't born with wisdom teeth? It takes thousands, if not hundreds, hundreds, if not thousands of years for us to have any sort of noticeable physical evolution within humanity. And yet when you look at technology, it just takes a decade or so more. And the technology is absolutely um, unrecognizable given, you know, when compared to its predecessor. So uh, we'll talk more about this in part two. We were able to get the podcast back on track after our uh, little cyber disruption there. And again, I want to thank Marilyn for her time and her insights and uh, being open to speculating on what this new technology could mean in our societies. And I thank you all for going on this journey with us. This is a little bit of a different episode than usual, but it's one I think that's important. And I think one that we'll do more frequently, where we look at some of the changes in our lives and discuss it, discuss what it means, how we got there and where it's going. So thank you all for listening. Thank you, Marilyn, again, for being a great guest. We'll listen to her again next week. And just a reminder, uh, next week's episode will be the final episode of the season. We'll be having a two-week hiatus where I will do some culture cuts, some short-form musings to sort of fill the time. But we'll take those two weeks off to spend some time with our family in the real world and um, and celebrate the seasons that they're meant to be with our closest loved ones, giving gratitude and love to one another. Uh, and I hope that this is a message whether that you carry with you, whether it's done in the real world or potentially in the future in the metaverse, I think at the end of the day, leading a life guided by love, attention, uh, respect, 
and understanding of one another and empathy is is really the ways that we make this world the, a better place and, and a kind of place that we want to live into. So I want to share my appreciation and thanks to you all. And I want to wish you all a early happy holiday. And until next time, gold rings on you all.